0: Hello, I'm Joseph Malazzi, creator of Dark Matter, and you are listening to Neil
1: Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents. Neil Before Pod.
0: Welcome to another exciting edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host, Craig McKenzie, and the topic of the day is the recently finished first season of the X-Men TV show, The Gifted. Second recorded podcast of the year is all about superheroes as usual, and as usual, talking about superheroes
1: is Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm not bad. Not bad. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I feel like I should have a superhero name. If I'm, like, called on when no one else is around to talk about superheroes, I feel like I should have a, you know cool superhero well, for the super purposes username. of
0: this, you need to decide what your mutant power is.
1: My mutant power?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, what, what, what my actual mutant power would yeah. be, or what mutant power I would like.
0: Eh, your actual one, let's go for that. It'll be funnier.
1: My actual mutant power. Uh, my actual mutant power is the ability to break a microphone at 20 paces. Funnily
0: enough, mine is to break any technology completely at random <laughs> and for no
1: reason at all. So. Yeah. The one that would make my job easier would be the ability to fix technology yes. and, you know, <laughs> be able to manipulate computers or something with my mind. I don't know. That, that would be pretty cool for my job, I suppose. You know, it would be a bit of a rubbish power overall, but it'd be pretty cool for my job. It would save me a lot of time.
0: Yeah. it also means you wouldn't have to invest in remote control software. It'd be fine.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. I'd probably be the, the sort of uh, rubbish mutant at the first X-Men film that can change TV channels by blinking.
0: It's the second X-Men
1: Yeah, you know, the, the one... Nerd alert. Is it the second film, that is? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You don't
0: know what else that kid can do, though. You know that he also doesn't sleep.
1: Oh, he d- he doesn't sleep, but he just changes channels and does all that. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: not. just sits up all night watching TV for three seconds per channel. I don't know. I think I'd get more done if I didn't have to sleep, but... That's another debate. Yeah. So we'll imagine go all the that. TV
1: shows you could review.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, it would give me another what three, four hours a day. So you know, it'd be it'd give me that much more time. And, <laughs> and I'd probably just spend. That's what like, coffee was invented for. <laughs> yeah, but eventually I would just pass out, and I don't like coffee. I'd, I would start hallucinating eventually as well, which wouldn't be good. <laughs> it might make the shows more entertaining, I suppose. But you know, hallucinations. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, right. So the Gifted uh, it is a TV show. And that's it. It's a TV show. No, it started in October, I believe. God, that was a while ago. Uh, and it is a X Men show that isn't quite an X Men show. It's about a bunch of mutants on the run from the law, trying to make their way in the world.
1: Is that a fair description? I think a pretty fair. Description. Well, it sounds fair to me. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it's lifted from the page.
0: <laughs> which page though? Mine. I can say what I want on mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, just without spoiling the show for anybody, what did you think of it overall? You know, thirteen episodes. I was told there was only going to be ten initially, which means I got stuck with another three reviewing them, which annoyed me. But. <laughs> um it was 13. So, 13
1: episodes. Overall, what was your impression? Um, Overall, my impression, it's it's one of those difficult podcasts where I didn't hate the programme, so I can't rant about it for hours, and I didn't sort of love it massively, so I'm not going to be able to wax lyrical about it for hours. But I thought it was alright. It, it had a more promising start than it had a finish, to be honest. There was a little bit in the middle. You know, you're saying that three extra episodes got added, or they they changed it round so had three extra episodes, and I kind of have had that feeling when watching it that there were bits where I was like, oh, it feels like we've just repeated an episode here somehow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, um, no, it's it's all right. It's not amazing. It's not terrible. I mean, what did you think? Like you, I thought it had a very promising
0: start. Uh, the first few episodes were really good, although it reminded me of Heroes in, in a way uh, in terms of how it's structured. So what you would do is you'd have really strong elements in an episode uh, and then you would skip to people you don't care about. And they their thing would happen. And then you go back to kinda you maybe go along with someone else you don't care about. And then eventually you get back to the thing you're interested in. It's like that. You know, there's it's kinda patchy, there was it's probably as good as it was bad to be honest. You know, episode by episode and, and some episodes were elevated because they were focusing on the things I found more interesting or that were less repetitive. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. It, I don't think in its first season it learned what it wanted to be as a show which is difficult, you know, you think by episode 13 it would have some semblance of identity, which it didn't ever feel like it latched onto. Does it want to be a teenage show? Does it want to be about young adults? Does it want to be about minorities? Does it want to be, you know, there's Mm. about 50 things it could be about, and it doesn't really manage to be about any of them.
1: But do you have the feeling that they were just sort of stabbing about going well we'll give this a try this a try and this a try and if we get renewed for season 2 we'll know what worked and we will carry that on and the rest of it we can sort of peel away without any damage.
0: Could be. Um, It wouldn't be unheard of for a show like this to kind of throw everything at the wall and see what people respond to. But it does just kind of feel a bit unfocused and a bit patchy and and some of the time it just feels like there's not much going on, which is a problem. There was like you said, there were some episodes where they didn't there was no forward movement on anything whatsoever.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of you know, oh, this is the episode where we go into holding pattern because we're wanting all of this to come to fruition at the same time. Yeah. Um it it's difficult to talk about without going into the spoiler section. But yeah, there's 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 elements to that And like you say, Heroes is exactly what I wanted to think In fact, I've got sort of scribbled on a pad in front of me Is this Heroes again? <laughs> um, because it's uh, a body going after people with powers To do experiments And other heroes in the background That want to do, well, heroes in the background rather, other uh, people with abilities in the background That are wanting to go a slightly different slant And they all sort of come face to face with each other And like you say, you go into these little sub-stories of other people uh, and see how the other side are going, see what their family life is like, then bring them back in and sort of mangle up a bit, which which can work really well to an extent if it gives you a smarter angle. But sometimes it just seemed like, oh, we're, we're going to try and fill out this person's backstory because we want this character to matter to people but then it doesn't quite work because the story seems a bit dull and you're like well i did not want to see what his dull day was like i wanted to go back to everyone else yeah you know maybe show me a very quick thing of his dull day when it makes sense rather than just cram it in here and go right that'll do got a bit of exposition about him out the way this week yeah
0: yeah well the funniest thing is when heroes was on everyone was like is this just x-men is this like their excuse to make an x-men tv show (laughs) you know and then There was also Mutant X as well, which was accused of being very X-Men-like because it had X in the title as well. But that was rubbish. Shouldn't watch that. It was terrible. Uh, Oh, God. Flashbacks. Painful Mutant X flashbacks. I think I saw about four episodes and it was not good. Uh, So, I don't think we can say much more without spoiling it, as you say, so shall we just launch into the spoiler section? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, we can spoil everything now. Uh, again, listeners, if you're one of those people that listens to Five Minutes and thinks, hmm, i better watch this show then come back, make yourself known. There will be a mention, a live mention <laughs> one day. So this is the second not-including-cartoons for, uh, for the pedants out there. I'm one of these pedants. Uh, not-including-cartoons, this is the second live-action X-Men-based television show. Uh, or second show that features mutants certainly. I don't know if you can call Legion an X Men show, um, but this one is a bit more traditional in the sense that it's a group of mutants following a linear plot to, you know, that 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 makes sense, which is not what Legion was at all. Um, what do you think of the idea of putting a more legit, more legitimate, more Traditional X Men superheroish group dynamic TV show on television.
1: Do you think it's a more traditional version? I mean, it's. Um, In the yeah, sense that it's... Plot
0: point A leads to point B leads to point C, yes.
1: Mm. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. About I, um, that length. it's not as um, art housey for want of a better description <laughs> of it, yeah. Um, you know, if I think X Men TV adaptation. I think X-Men TV adaptation rather than Heroes Mutant TV adaptation. Um yeah, it's um it's good seeing TV, it's a little bit different in some aspects and other ones it feels like I think I've seen this show somewhere before. I think I've seen several elements of this TV show somewhere before. Yeah. And like a lot of these shows in their first season when they're not confident or the studios might not be 100 percent confident in them and they're letting them try the water they still don't give them access to the full toolbox they don't let them go full hog references they don't let them sort of tie into a wider universe and extent you get to mention bits you get to hint at bits but you yeah. get to show diddly you're getting nothing we're giving you none of our big mutants you can say that you were Ordered by those mutants, you can mention the fact that they existed at some point or other, but you will show nothing. <laughs> you yeah. will You will describe you will describe them only, and even then, in very short sentences, and no one will ask questions because they will all assume we know. You know, we've been there. We're not going to ask anymore. Yeah. yeah,
0: your father, who had magnetic powers, was totally a king in the the Hellfire Club, and he had magnetic. <laughs> powers, we're not going to say his name. <laughs> you know, we're mentioning bit, nothing. Yeah. He looks a bit like. Michael Fassbender, but in certain light, he looks a bit like Ian McKellen. It just depends. It depends where you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I quite like the idea of doing kind of mutants. I mean, I think it is more. It is a bit like an X Men show in the sense that, I mean, if you read certain X comics, there's been a billion of them, you know, a billion types of stories. So, you know, you get X Men, you get X Force, you get. X factor not to be confused with that terrible singing competition and you know there's a there's a litany of teams out there and this could just be another one you know these are the ones that don't have the resources of a school or a jet under their swimming pool and and all that stuff they're they're a bit more kind of scrappy they're essentially on the run homeless people you know struggling to come to terms with the fact that society doesn't accept them and i think on television you've got Way more scope to explore the kind of mutant condition in ways that the films can't because the films they'd have to hit a beat for a little while and then you know there needs to be an action set piece otherwise the audience will get bored so they get their point across and they they always um they always kind of boiled it down to something very very simple like in the original X Men movies the first certainly the first two it was kind of it was on the subtext was that it was a metaphor for you know essentially being gay especially the the coming out scene in X-Men 2. And um, they they extended it a bit to that kind of us against them and, yeah, just any kind of otherness in society. Uh, Brian Singer, when he was directing it, always said things like, you know, we've all felt that outcast at one time or another and the X-Men represent that. And and I agree with that to a degree, but this show managed to expand it out that bit more and that's what I liked.
1: Hmm. No, I I agree. It did it did give it a chance to breathe a little bit.
0: Yeah. The one I annoyed um, and it stuck with me is when they referred to mutant say, as a the ultimate pre existing condition, which almost turns it into like AIDS. You know, as percep as p- perceived mm. by certain humans. You know, especially in this show. So it's like, yeah, this is a disease that needs to be eradicated. It's disgusting. Don't go near them. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. And then. Uh, that's just a bit of an expansion of the metaphor, and, and they did a couple of things like that. I mean, you had the otherness, you had the unaccepted teenagers, you had the the persecuted minorities. It was all in there, and that's that's kind of part of the problem because it was, wasn't focused on anything. But it just was the the mutancy thing. It's like yeah, any time you felt different, you're a mutant. You know that's yeah.
1: I mean, there enough. was there was elements of that. I mean, the the most um, the biggest scene where I kind of saw that sort of thing was um, I think it was Doctor. Campbell is the character's name, I hope I'm getting it right. Yes. And he's doing a lecture about the evolution of man, Mm -hmm. and it's the kind of thing that we've seen in the X-Men films before, where Xavier doing a sort of voiceover at the beginning of the titles, or or whatever, man evolved from, from yeah. Yeah. So you sort of get, you get that, and he's doing this uh, description, and then it turns from, this is an intriguing science lecture, into, we should burn them all we should erase them from time we should do everything we can we should use all the technological might that we have to wipe them from existence and there's a bit where it's sort of the camera is panning to the the students in the lecture and i was yeah. thinking oh and this is when the students boom off the stage and go no we're not going to do that how dare you imagine someone coming up on stage and seeing this and it's like no he gets cheers and rapturous applause and you're like oh my god <laughs> <It's> like that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. Truly the propaganda is uh, is real, you know?
0: Yeah, well I mean it's easy to consider the fact that if you've got kind of unchecked people with superpowers out there, that's something to kind of be scared of. Um, is it in the same way that terrorists are out there with bombs and could go off at any time? You know, maybe it is, but um the thing about the well the mutant community is it's as diverse as the human community. You know, you've got mm. you've got people that just want to exist, you've got people that, that want to what equality, you've got people that want to break down the system, you know, you've got a range of stuff in there, and I think the show kind of failed, it didn't fail, but it wasn't as good as, at showing the kind of range of opinion among the mutants, I mean, you'd have the kind of, the non-named cast members who would have an argument about what their next thing would be, but broadly speaking, the mutants in the show, other than the ones that were working with the Sentinel Services guys, were roughly on the same page.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the underground, you kind of got that. Uh, you know, all the members of the mutant underground seem to be coming from along the same lines. You know, we'll yeah. use our powers, but not to harm anyone, simply to protect ourselves, to hide, and to to get on. You get other ones, the ones that um, I think it was a, a Dreamer that had yeah. the the line about working at a women's aid clinic. Yeah, and um, what she would do is she would use her power to give them better memories to. Mm. Uh, erase some of the bad yeah. Memories That the, the woman had And I was like well that's quite interesting Because that was a character that could have stayed hidden Could have stayed out out, out of the radar Completely but then used her powers to do that And then joined the, the underground Despite the fact yeah. she probably could have got away with it Without Ever raising suspicion yeah. So there was a few that had, like, they had used their powers Slightly differently, there was other ones that had just been caught In a situation and had to use their powers You know, had yeah. to steal or you know, got forced into just a situation where they couldn't. And I liked how they showed how that was... Uh, I liked how they showed that conflict in people, uh, you know, to how, how different people reacted. They ended up with a similar power set, however, they one went on one path and one went on the other, and how they all sort of came around eventually to the same point of view. Mm-hmm. Though I suppose the last episode, and the way the last episode ends, and with the, the, the three sisters towards the end, you know, it shows the completely different view. You're back onto the sort of brotherhood VX-Men view, yeah. where one's going, no, we'll protect people, we'll use our power for good, we'll just protect other mutants, but we're not going to go out there and um, on the offensive, we're just on mm-hmm. the defensive. Yeah. Whereas the other side, are like, no, we're going to use our powers and we are going to be absolutely brutal about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, Sonya was Dreamer's name after about four episodes or something. It took, it took quite a while ah, to right, tell okay. us what her name was. But yeah, that, I mean that's one example of of how people use things. Uh, Clarice just wanted to stay out of the way until she was forced not to. Um, you had Lorna, who's you know would always talk about let's take the fight to them, and uh, very much like her father, who's totally not Magneto, <laughs> but totally Magneto. You know, uh, uh, so yeah, the, the, there was kind of a range of opinions among there. I mean, like. There was a lot of characters here, that's the thing. And, and making them distinctive would, is difficult because it is such a large cast. And um, So kind of the, the main characters, I suppose. The, the show starts with the Struckers, which is an interesting name in a Marvel show. They um, you, you don't really deal with the whole Strucker thing as, as per the wider Marvel universe. But I'm actually surprised that Marvel let them be used as a name because... I'm just surprised. Uh, all this ownership and, and all—no, I, I, which I, no longer matters, of course.
1: I know, but it's it's still one where you're sort of sitting there thinking, "Oh, really? They they went down that route instead of going." But it's it's all these that fall in the grey area in between the sort of uh, Marvel Fox uh, rules, you know. Yeah. And so you end up with your multiple Quicksilvers and all <laughs> this, you know, there the is characters no that fall now, in between. Though. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all dealt with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the struck her. So it starts. I mean, it starts with them, and you have two teenagers at, at high school, and you have uh, Lauren, who's you know the it girl. She's very popular. She's got her handsome boyfriend, her clique of friends, and you've got her brother, who's a bit of a loser. He's picked on and uh, all that stuff. And um, it doesn't take you that long to learn that. Um, th- who is it, it's been that long since I saw the first episode Andy's the first one to exhibit powers, isn't he?
1: Yes yes. I think uh, he's the first one that you see that's or, yeah,
0: yeah, out of the two of them anyway and um, yeah, it's when he's getting tortured in the shower room and, and he just collapses the whole thing and then Lauren shows up and shows her powers but before that you've got this kind of should we be sympathetic towards mutants type conversation and I think um, Lauren's certainly on the side of the mutants and Andy isn't for some reason, as far as I recall, I could be making that up.
1: Yeah, it does seem that he's on—not on the fence, but on the other side. It's like it's—it's yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. And even—even even then, the—the um, the parents are on the same, are on the exact same page. They're basically ignoring the situation exists mm-hmm. until it actually affects them. And I'm pretty sure they—they they signpost at several points. <laughs> you know, through the the following episodes, going, oh, we wouldn't be involved in any of this if it wasn't yeah. for the fact that our kids have been involved. If not, we'd be still be in our house happily ignoring the fact that this is going on, uh, you know, ignoring the fact that people are being sent to detention centres or whatever. We'd not care. Think, oh, oh, that's good. You know, they deserve it.
0: Well, the thing about Reed is he was, a, you know, a, a big wig in central services for the first two episodes or episode in a bit, you know, and that's a bit bizarre because... Uh, I, I didn't find his leapfrogging and in, in, uh, ideology all that believable, at least initially,
1: because... Well, he, he wasn't Sentinel Services, wasn't he? He was like a prosecutor yeah. that, obviously, when Sentinel Services bring people in, they then go through the criminal justice system, so then he would prosecute on behalf of, but not exclusively... Yeah. is the feeling I get of Sentinel Services. Was, so it wasn't he like he was, was working much, solely for them.
0: Yeah, but he was very oh, much yeah. being like, you've been captured by these guys, you're their problem now. He, You know, he seemed unsympathetic to begin with. And I was actually looking forward to this whole, when his children turned out to be mutants, what he would think about that, how he would react to that, and, and whether that would change. But obviously it, it started off with, you know, he was, his, he was sympathetic anyway. He was just hiding it, but... I would have liked the. Um, I would have liked it if he was a bit torn because, oh my god, my kids are mutants. I hate mutants.
1: Well, I liked. I liked that the kind of jumped right in by you know obviously the the destruction of a section of the school and all the fret that that gives basically put them right up the radar right away. Yeah. I thought that, oh, they're going to do this slow reveal, the kids slowly find out they've got power, start playing about with them, he maybe eventually finds out, and they say, oh, no, hide it, and then it's going to be this big delayed thing before eventually his job and his family life are just going to collide together and one of them's going to get arrested for something. Instead, they brought that to the fore right away and went, no, your kid's just damaged property, it was a terrorist act, it was a threat to life, it was this, as a this, this, you know, and basically threw all the charges in right away and he sees basically what he's been getting landed with each time a mutant's come in with all these charges on the charge sheet he's just been prosecuting them each time but not going, oh actually there wasn't a terrorist act this was someone accidentally using the powers discovering they've got powers for the first time in a stressful situation and this is what happened so I kind of get where his worldview changed because it was his own kids, and because of the extreme circumstances on it, it wasn't that oh, they're going to be, it's alright, they're going to get a slap on the wrist this time and let off, but don't let it happen again. This was going to be full-blown charges instantly. Hmm. You know, so...
0: Yeah, I just kind of thought that I mean, obviously he was always supposed to be sympathetic you see that flashback in the bowling alley I think it is, where he sees a mutant Hmm. and he's like, look, I'm going to look the other way this time but be careful. Um... I just would have quite liked the idea of just seeing a parent who's like, I hate mutants and now my kids are mutants and and that would have been an interesting arc for him to follow especially if his wife didn't think the same thing and um, I actually think this show vastly underused Amy Acker who's much better than this you know, because her her character was very kind of samey throughout and especially the first three or four episodes is where struck her parents they learn the same lesson every week you know, they they go somewhere, something happens, and they're like, "Oh no, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should be more sympathetic towards this cause." Or the real world works <laughs> differently to what we previously expected. It's like you you learned this a couple of weeks ago, like, you, and you almost got everyone killed doing it then too. So, like, why are the underground still putting up with you people? Because you're just running off and putting everyone in danger every week.
1: Like I say, it was it, like I said earlier on, it was like one of those things where you sort of you see these loops that seem to go round. And yeah. like you say, that first that first bit was you seem to be learning the same lesson each week, which is the way mutants is tr- are treated is awful. And if people think you're trying to help mutants, they will treat you equally as badly, and <laughs> it will get people in trouble. And by the way, tell people what the hell you're doing. Don't just run off and do it because you're going to get in deep, deep doo doo each time. <laughs> just like you say, they don't learn. It just goes round, round, yeah. round, 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 round. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think some of the strongest stuff was with the the whole teenage angle, especially since you had uh, Lauren and Andy. They were kind of two sides of the same coin, uh, literally actually, because they did the whole their powers are connected. When they hold hands, they're really dangerous. And I don't know. Um, I'm glad they didn't go through some kind of s- pseudo incestuous plot with that. You know this. Once, once they link arms, they're unstoppable. And because that's just creepy and weird. But the so you had Andy was much more. Was much angrier at the world. He was more resentful of humans, and and uh, Lauren was much more tolerant and trying to calm him down. Mm. And it was it was just interesting. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So you've got one kid who thinks this thing, one kid who thinks that thing. Watch them, watch them argue with each other. But you know, it worked well enough, and I think the actors were good. They certainly felt like brother and sister to me.
1: I I think they felt like a very realistic uh, uh, brother sister dynamic, and also you know almost that. Uh, their personalities were reflected in the powers where you've got Andy that can sort of tear different bits apart, sort of viciously rip things to pieces, and Lauren who's all about sort of protecting things, shielding things, I thought was you know, it seemed to be done quite well, it was a a sort of neat power set and the fact that they do both sort of see each other's point of view at different times as well though obviously towards the last sort of three episodes or so they're sort of poles apart almost but that there were elements of that I know I'm kind of jumping ahead probably a bit here but there were elements of that that I didn't quite follow this rapid transformation you're talking about Reed and within the first couple of episodes going from all mutants should be locked up to um, I'm supporting mutant underground and I'm going to do whatever it takes to pull down the old system you know Andy as much as he has been looking from a different point of view for quite a bit and more violent isn't the right word in these use of powers, but more let's let's fight, let's defend, let's let's go out there. I I didn't quite see how the seismic shift to oh and by the way I'm just gonna up and leave. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Uh, because I'm now all about taking down buildings and <laughs> pulling people apart as well as, you know, as defending, you because know? up until that point and still to that extent he's not directly tried to take someone down Hmm. using his powers
0: yeah and some of the little moments that I appreciated more is more to do with Lauren than it was Andy so things like um, her you know her being a bit kind of wistful because this she was supposed to go pick up her prom dress that day and um, things like that and and the fact that she's just been plucked out of a pretty stable normal life where you know she was well maybe not the queen bee at high school but she was pretty pretty well regarded and her life was in front of her she her, she got good grades everything you know it was all rosy and then it got taken away from her just cuz she was revealed to be a mutant and it's that, that kind of tragic aspect to her i found quite interesting and then her relationship with Wes even though he was a bit of a a dweeb um i like the fact that this is someone her own age she can talk to and she's not had that for a while Again, they didn't do much with that, but it was appreciated when it was there but the the thing is the volume of the cast the problem is it's let 's have a scene where this happens let 's have a scene where that happens and this you know they they get the information across but get it done very quickly, and it's more annoying when things are repeated because it's like well, you already spent a couple of minutes on this, and you've just repeated it and it's pointless now
1: you also get because you're viewing. Sort of Several relationships You've got several relationships where you're viewing the same thing Happening to several yeah. different people It kind of feels like, oh, I've just watched Someone have an argument about keeping secrets from each other Let's have another argument about people keeping <laughs> secrets From each other uh, I'd really like to see another couple fight over that again Because uh, yeah. I've just watched it yeah. It's Yeah, you do you do get this I, I didn't have too much of a problem With Lauren and Wesley's relationship I thought it was quite interesting, it gave her like you say, a sense of normalcy back again. It's like Mm. another relationship, another person of own age. Though there are other other people there. It's obviously, it's just, it's... You know, you can only focus on certain characters that are in that place. You got the impression that there were other kids about. I mean, there was enough for uh, them to try and set up a school. Um, So, you know.
0: Yeah. And there was plenty of other mutants kicking about as well. I quite liked Marcos. He was that leader who was a little bit unsure about what he was doing, but kind of went along with it anyway he, he did everything he could to keep the team together to keep the group together keep everyone happy keep everyone safe um and he the the kind of conflict he had with himself where he had to you know he had to consider the good of the team over Lorna who was in prison and uh, you know everything, obviously he wanted to just barge in there and save her but that would put too many people at risk.
1: Yeah, I liked the conflicted leader thing that he had, and I actually quite liked the fact that it didn't seem that there was one specific person that was calling the shots. I quite liked that there was a bit of team dynamic, and sometimes one would come out on top of the other. Yeah, uh, with regards to getting decisions made, um, Marcus. I, I I liked. I mean, the, though it seemed like some of his his backstory and stuff kind of got lost. Like they went on the whole track with the um, with the gang with the drug yeah, cartel, with the, the or cartel whatever yeah. it was you know the cartel and he's the interrogator and he's went back and he's interrogated this man and he's uh, blinded another, tried to kill another when he's been out and, uh, but then that seemed to just completely vanish in later episodes it was talked about as I can't believe you did that thing but as far as I'm aware he never severed ties he was still involved and everything but that storyline just seemed all right we've run out of space for the storyline just now bear with us it might come back or not you know it was i was like i was expecting that to appear somewhere else again or be resolved but it seemed like it was just forgotten about completely apart from as a an arguing point between characters
0: it was kind of only used as a as a means to an end, it was, you know, he had to mm-hmm. go back to his ex girlfriend because Lorna was captured and they needed some resources, they needed information, so it meant he had to go and do some, you know, ethically questionable stuff for her. But, and that's fine. I mean, I quite like moral ambiguity, but the, the issue I had with it was the lack of tolerance to anyone else's shoddy past. So you had Wes, who was like a criminal in the past, but, you know, he had the justification of, I had to do sh- to survive, oops, just swore. <laughs> um, and <laughs> then later on, you had Clarice as well. She was like, Yeah, I was kind of in the brotherhood at some point, and I didn't really know, but I did some stuff that was kind of dodgy. And, and everyone's like, Well, we can't trust, or John specifically was like, We can't trust you anymore. It's like, Every one of you have probably had to do something that you're not comfortable with just to not die or not be captured. And that, like, that was you're forgetting yeah. all this.
1: That was that was one of those bits. I was like, "Hang on, you're serious? Hang on, this this isn't a, a bit." I was like, "She revealed it," and I was like, "Oh, so what? All of them appear to have done something. <laughs> they all they're all yeah. got these weird paths that they're not particularly proud of. They've all had to do things that they didn't like." And then she he goes, "Oh." You know, I once blinked a few people from the Brotherhood into buildings, and I didn't really know they were Brotherhood at the time, and I was just helping out, thought I was doing a good thing, and you know, then he has this massive fallout. I don't think I could trust you. I think you should leave. I don't think you should be involved in this anymore. And you're like, what? Hang yeah. on, just spent all that time trying to save them, to rescue them. You know, it's like, no, 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 that's it. You're out. You're you're gone to me. And then by the
0: John about four him episodes breaking into somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then about four <laughs> episodes later. You've got him going, actually, I see where you're coming from, you're fine. <laughs> saying, well, no, well, What was the point the in having that in episode. the first place? You know?
0: It was the same episode. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. it was towards the end. It same
1: was, episode, uh, yeah. a few scenes later. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. A few scenes later, you've got him <laughs> sitting there going, yeah, actually, do you know what? Forget about it, what I said earlier on. I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, damn right, you shouldn't have. But there was no reason for it to be there in the first yeah. place. It was not necessary. It was simply... Oh, we can read minds, and we've got a bit of information about someone in the room, and we can't think of anyone else to give information about. So that character there gets more information. Excellent, and then yeah, it just didn't yeah, sit with me. It was like it was something that she probably would have felt comfortable talking about at any point, really.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't. Uh, the answer to that should be from everyone. We don't care. We've all had problems. We've all done things that mm. that aren't a. Uh, you know, that don't paint us in the best light and all that stuff, I mean and that was part of the problem I had with the show was all these repetitive arguments, everyone was arguing about the same thing every week, and the worst part about it was it was definitely deliberate because you had a character who existed to exploit the fact that they were doing this so what they, you've got is you've got people who are deliberately written to be arguing in circles but the thing is it's just really frustrating plotting because it seems like right, okay, Marcos and Lorna they've, they've solved their argument about I don't know what they're arguing about, the, the whole, um, we should fight, we should not, we should fight, we should not, and that's all they say, you know, they back and forth, back and forth, and, and then Lorna will get angry and storm off, and then Marcus will come up and be like, look, I understand where you're coming from, and then she'll be like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from too, and then give it a week, and they're like, fight, no, fight, no, and, and uh, you've got this Esme character, or I'm just going to call them Esme because she was the the first one I suppose and they're all the same like like mm-hmm. she says it doesn't matter um, and she's there going just poking little holes in these arguments you know she'll, she'll weasel her way in and be like what about this and then it just kicks it off all over again and so, <laughs> so I don't understand why these people are being deliberately written other than the writers could only find this way for a character to build an exploit you know like it doesn't make the exploit clever although it makes the character kind of clever for noticing it Although it's very obvious when you're just looking, you know. Then she's an outsider looking in. So,
1: I think you've also got the problem of when you've got all these characters with with such powers as much as none of them are have sort of godlike abilities, godlike superhuman abilities. uh, If they're all on a united front, if they're all working really well and gelling well together and working as a team, they're almost unstoppable. So you need all these fractions. That are breaking off and people that are maybe not following the rules properly are going off on their own little side quest because otherwise there'd be no threat if everyone was together and everyone was working properly towards common goals and sort of working down a task list rather than sort of, oh, well, we'll go off and have this argument in a corner and then I'm going to storm off and be unavailable for this particular fight <laughs> you know because I'm going to go off and do my thing and uh, I'm not going to tell you about that because I don't want to have a fight or I've already fought with you about this so I'm not telling you anymore and they go off and do their own thing you know that, that I think makes it more believable that Sentinel services are going to get an upper hand and other people yeah. are going to be able to come in and manipulate them whereas if they provide too much of a a unified front then You know, it it just wouldn't give the same jeopardy. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the character shouldn't argue or disagree. It was just the fact that they were, it was the same stuff. Yeah, frequently the the same thing, and and it seemed to be resolved, and then it would happen again, and it's, you know, it's that same nonsense. It's like over in the Flash, where it's like, no more secrets. Next week they keep secrets. No more secrets. More secrets. Then you know, it kept doing. It was doing that kind of formula, which is essentially killing time. You know, it's, yeah. They can't go... Because they're divided over the same stuff they're always divided on. And it's it's kind of annoying that way. Um, but yeah, the, I, I quite liked how the, the different personalities would mess up the action scenes. You know, you have this carefully laid plan and then someone would be like, screw this, I can't be bothered waiting anymore. And they would they would ruin everything and, and that would up the tension. And um, The show's approach to action, they love the heist type scenario. But I, I quite liked it, you know, because sometimes it did tell you a little bit about some of the characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you say, there was, a, there was a lot of heists, sort of, uh, yeah. breaking people out, breaking people in, stealing the MacGuffin thing, you know, that, that was going on. But it gave a goal to the end of the episodes, almost. Yeah. I mean, like...
0: the first step of every plan was, Clarice, you can get us in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, until she's like, nah, not, any, not doing it, I'm going away now. And it's... <laughs>
1: But it's the usual, usual written-in flaky power thing that annoys me sometimes where you sort of scale up someone's powers and then you completely pull them apart in the next scene. Yeah. So you have someone that goes, yeah, I can open up into that corridor just inside. However, two scenes later when you say, can you get us in that room? No, 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 I've not seen that room before. <laughs> yeah, but hang on, you got us in this building. I'm pretty sure you've never been in this substation before. No, 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 let's forget about that. I can't get you in that room. Like, yeah, but you got us in this. Substation, and you've never seen this substation before. No, 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 no. Definitely can't get you in there. No, siree. No, we're gonna have to go the long way. But but hang on. We just no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like all right, okay, fine. It's uh, I, I I it's. It's too much of a, a useful tool. It's, it's a bit like a uh, Star Trek transporters, isn't it? If you have yeah. the ability to beam into and beam in and beam out of every single place that you, you want, it takes jeopardy away from the episode. So it's, oh, there's a, a natural gravitational wave that's disrupting us and yeah. there's a, they've got a scattering field. So we can't do it. Oh no. Okay. So it's, well, was, it, it, I get why it's well, there and I get it other times why it's like, oh my God, for God's sake, will you just, you know, you've either got to have her on side and set a power set and stick with it. Stick with a rule. Yeah. And then that's it.
0: Well, she was, I mean, the first step of every plan to begin with. I, I found that quite funny. It's like, stage one, Clarice gets us in. Stage two, someone does something. Stage three, Clarice gets us out. <laughs> and what if she says no? Like, what if she's like, I'm not doing that? You know, and it's... Um, I think they did a good job of limiting her power to begin with. I mean, she had the the trouble maintaining portals, and then you had the second episode where she was freaking out and causing portals everywhere, and then you had the whole I need to have been somewhere, or I need to be able to see it, or whatever else. Um, So yeah, they kind of forgot about it towards the end, but um, I also remember her from Days of Future Past, uh, where she was just chucking them about as if they were, you know, I don't know, things that you casually chuck about. But the (laughs) and <laughs> this, there was an actual difficulty to opening them. You know, it was cle- it clearly took her a lot of energy and a lot of concentration, and that was a bit of a limitation as well. So, I like the the understated approach, and Lorna's magne- magneto powers were not quite weren't that strong. Like it was mentioned that I could never do that before when she pulls the vault door shut. Uh, so they were very limited in their power set to begin with, which. Um, May have changed the show went on, but still, you know, it was it was good that way uh, that they they kept it smaller because you have to because it's television anyway.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, I like liked that there was a bit of a physical strain to doing it. It wasn't as simple as like you say in the in the TV in the TV show in the film where they're being thrown about. Hmm. It's I, my my thing, and I've I've said this in other podcasts about other people's powers. You know, if you listen to any of the podcasts that we do about the Flash or other. Other shows like that, it's like set a power set and stick to it. Don't keep going, oh, okay, there's a right around for this one, or you know, you have villains that are all powerful until suddenly, oh, they're not powerful at all. In fact, they're completely clumsy, tripping over their own feet, and none of their powers now appear to work, or they just decide not to use them this time yeah. because, oh, I'll give them a good shot at it first. Uh, so that, that's my kind of thing about it, I understand from a writer's room point of view, they must sit there battering the head against Go, and why the hell did we give someone the power to open any door? Why did we do that? Yeah, why on earth do we have a, you know, it's like, and we don't want to kill her because then that stops us making magic doors whenever we want to make magic doors yeah. ah. <laughs> so, so they've got to have this sort of, like you say, the torment where she goes, oh I'm not doing that, I, I'm, I'm not opening a bank vault door I've, I've yeah. decided I'm not going to do that So there, I'm in a huff <laughs> with you I can't believe you made me your girlfriend, I'm off. <laughs> oh, you know, and that's, that was another bit about that, you know, sort of Clarice's character and the, the sort of little love triangle that was made. At first you were like, oh, this is going to be like a really fractious relationship and then seemed to be forgotten at one point. You know, like the obvious love triangle thing.
0: Yeah, Clarice was um, one of my favourite characters in it. I always found her really interesting. The fact that she was like noticeably an outsider from the group, you know, the, the fact is she'd been saved by them, but... Initially, she didn't have any loyalty towards them, and that ended up being what limited her powers initially because she couldn't connect to them. So, couldn't, you know, she didn't care about them, so therefore couldn't get her powers to work. That was um, it was interesting stuff. Her contact lenses were super dodgy. It's really distracting, the big <laughs> green eyes that are just, like, you know, they're clearly stuck in, <laughs> quite frankly. And it's a bit, um, a bit bizarre, but... Um, other than that, I think she was a really interesting character. The the implanted feelings for John was was an interesting thing. Um, I like how that put her in a, put her and Sonia at odds with one another, and it was like I can undo it. It's like I'm not letting you touch me again. And it's, you can easily see why she'd feel violated by it because again, we've got that metaphor. This mutant power has essentially caused her to be well raped. You know, she's she's had something mm-hmm. forced upon her that she doesn't want, and that's. That was the subtext there. It didn't go too far into it, but it was there. And then it was, as you say, kind of forgotten about. But I'm glad because the love triangle wasn't interesting me, but then it was like the whole, nah, I understand why you did that. And it was like, do you though? That's crazy. Like, I wouldn't go nearer ever yeah. again. You know.
1: I, I, I like that they brought it round, but the, the bring round seemed not unnatural, but it didn't seem as gradual as I would have liked. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of glad they did it. It was an interesting way of showing how destructive someone's powers could be, powers that could be used for good. You know, you see, well, you know, like I mentioned earlier on, she talks about the sort of Women's Aid Centre and then also what she does for the, the girl who's got the memories of our, our adopted family getting taken out yeah. by Sentinel Services. And she takes that memory away. She does that. And it's a, it's a good use of the power, and then the sort of the bad use of the power you see, you know, obviously through the agent who ends up, with, you know, and she's devastated when she finds out what she's done because Agent Turner ends up forgetting that his daughter's died and that sort of trauma. Yeah. It's, it's a really conflicted power. And in a way, I'm kind of ashamed that she, you know, she got shot and she got taken out of the picture. I see why they've done it in some ways. But, yeah. you know, I've, I, I was interested to see more of that.
0: I was kind of. Um I was looking forward to seeing a bit more of the uh, the implications of her power as well, like the um, the whole Turner thing. That was that could have been really interesting to watch as he kind of had to deal with the loss of his daughter all over again. And it, it happens at the end of that whatever episode it is, and then it's not mentioned again until a few episodes later when he's like, "You know why I don't like mutants? Because they make me relive the death of my daughter all over again." It's like, well, that's cool. You've brought it up, but. Like, this is after he'd already processed it to some degree. So it was kind of like, yeah, oh, right, we haven't done this in a while. We better, you know, we better pay lip service to it. And then a lot of the time it just felt like lip service. You know, it was this isn't character development. This is just reminding us of what's going on.
1: Yeah, it was It was solved too quickly for want of a better description because you get, oh, well, you you can't return to work. You're... you're Still processing your grief, yourself. I mean, no, no, no. I'm back to work. And you're like, okay, fine. You're back to work. <laughs> it was like, all right. <laughs> it was like, I, I, I kind of thought, no, you should show that he's he's on the outside for too long, and then he wins back trust, and then he goes in. You know, it shouldn't be. Oh yeah, he just turns back up at work one day and goes, yeah, I'm starting work again. Thanks. Yeah. It's um, it 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 needed something else there, and like you say, it did just suddenly get brought up on other occasions, and it was a character I kind of felt disappeared to a certain extent you know you've got this agent turner who's at front yeah yeah, he he was but he was the main villain at the beginning really Mm. he was the agent the guy that is chasing them you get to see a bit of his backstory he has this trauma of the the memory thing and then he's forgotten about for for evil doctor and then he becomes kind of stooge of evil doctor until he gets you know And he's one of these ones that you're like, oh, has the guy not suffered enough? When he, you know, he he relives, well, he relives his daughter dying again. Yeah. And then he gets back to work and then he gets visited at home by the the Struckers who then tell his wife about all the the evil and horrible things he's done. (laughs) He goes, oh, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to. You know, resolve some of my sins. I'm going to keep them locked up because they still need to be locked up, but I'm taking them out of that evil lab. And then his reward for doing that is watching all of his friends shoot themselves and die in very very gruesome ways and i'm sitting there thinking oh my god that guy hasn't suffered enough it's like surely at that point he should be like yeah and i'm going to because that is brutal what that character has gone through and i do you know what i'm i'm glad in one way that he's still around at the end of this to go off and do his own thing god knows what his own thing is going to be Cause at this point, he must be so messed up on the inside that he's going, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. You know, you think he's going to get a, a nice redemption. You know, oh, do you know what? I've realized not so much the error of my ways, but I've realized there are better ways of doing this. Uh, and then you come out and you think, oh, now he's just going to go full, full hog. I don't know, I don't know what the hell he's going to do next.
0: Well, the the ending, he was like, "I'm done with this crap." Like in terms of Sentinel Services, and then he just leaves. But he still doesn't. He doesn't love mutants all of a sudden. So they set up that other faction. I can't remember what they were called. It began with a P. Preachers or whatever it was. I can't remember. Um, mm. Oh, can't remember. never mind. Uh, those guys. It was uh, like purifiers or purists it, purifiers, or something yeah, along purifiers, those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So like they they're a logical place for him to go, perhaps. Uh, Because he still doesn't like mutants. In fact, has even less reason to like them because he, one of them or three of them, caused all his friends and colleagues to kill themselves. So he's, yeah, he's a bit messed up. Fair enough. And maybe season two will be his season. You know, and and as a villain or as a as a character. I mean, I think the villains. One thing this show does quite well is the villains are quite complex. Turner has a Mm. life outside of his villainy, and Campbell is a bit more. He's a bit like, inhuman. (laughs) <laughs> Let's not talk about inhumans, but you know, <laughs> uh, he's a bit. Yeah, he's he's something other than than compassionate, and they do try to humanize him by by saying like, you know, my brother died, and that's why I hate mutants for some reason. Doesn't quite stack up, but uh, he's much more kind of mustache twirly, except he doesn't have a mustache.
1: No, he has got a wicked scar, though.
0: That's true. He can.
1: You know, he doesn't the mustache when he's got the the wicked scar.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, villain-wise, it was eh, they were all right. Uh, I think that in some scenarios, the heist stuff seemed a bit too easy because they weren't using the full gamut of resources that Sentinel Service had. You don't see the robot mm. spiders that often. They've got other stuff, you know. There's <laughs> there's all this stuff they could be using
1: hey, boss, we've got all these really awesome automated defensive robot spiders. Do you think we should maybe put six or seven of them in the back of each van? No. Let's just have one every once in a while. You know, the batteries well, we don't take have hours kind of to charge. <laughs> hours to charge, yeah. We've only got the money for one. And <laughs> they're a government-funded
0: agency.
1: They're, they're, you know... Yeah. I just I always thought... It's like... Yeah, they send them out with sort of riot shields and everything, but the big robot scorpion things that can sort of or robot spiders that can go about and capture mutants. Like, no, we'll just leave them behind. Let's let's yeah. go out with the plastic riot shield, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, we won't need much more than that. And we do have a couple of mutants that have that will help us. The the hounds, as they're mm. called. Yeah. And again, you you got a bit of bit of that where John was like, "That's my friend," or, "That's this this, uh, this guy we used to know." And they do a bit of that, but not too much of it. And I kind of think that John was a bit underwhelming as a character most of the time because he's just kind of unemotional most of the time. You know, he's just this strong guy, and I really hated the bit where um, Marcos was told him to go train Clarice, and it's like the Native American trying to impart wisdom. Uh, no. Like, and and you had this whole, like, you need to clear your mind and all this crap, and then it's like, you're just leaning into the stereotype here. This is really awkward.
1: Yeah, there was a bit, a bit of the obvious there.
0: Yeah. Um, luckily, it didn't work, and Clarice was like, what, this is rubbish. But still, like, the, <laughs> the fact is that, you know, just because you're being inclusive with mutants doesn't mean you can't... For, you can. You don't have to deal with the actual stereotypes that are associated with the races of the mutants that you've cast, you know? like um, Thankfully, they didn't do anything Asian with Clarice or, or whatever else. But that that was one bit that really stood out to me. It was like, the, the Asian guy imparting wisdom. Nah. Not the Asian guy, the Native American guy imparting wisdom.
1: Mm. <laughs> with a, With a tracking ability as well, just yeah, to really yeah. sort of hit it home was a bit... Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's his power the, set in the comics. So. Yeah, but still, it seems a bit obvious. But yeah, I, I, I get it. They're, they're working with it. And it was quite an interesting mix of powers that they gave as well. Yeah. You know, they didn't seem to throw too many weird things out there. It was, It was quite a neat set. They didn't overpower it yeah uh, like I say I think all all of them working together are quite a powerful unit, but I like that if you sort of break them into teams of two or three they're not able to sort of take down entire squads of bad guys. you know if they get surrounded by two or three, they can't do anything about it really yeah. it's you know they they really need to be all all together for it to to be a true threat
0: yeah, well, there was so much of it um barely escaping, and you had that bit where Lorna was uh you know captured in the first episode because they were just a bit overwhelmed by sentinel services and and people that were after them, so you, you know you had a bit of that that was good um early on, actually, I thought Lorna was the best character the the prison stuff was was great you know the seeing her in prison she could, couldn't get along with the other inmates because she was a mutant they didn't like mutants either and, and there was all that really interesting stuff you had the complication of her pregnancy um so she was like this pregnant not quite teen but you know she's this pregnant young woman in jail and they're offering her deals and you know we'll, we'll keep you in prison but we'll give you we'll give you visitation with your child as long as you turn in your your friends and all that stuff mm. although as it went on she got a bit too kind of standoffish I and mean, when I get the whole you know she's her father's daughter and is all about let's be militant let's get things done and I'll train the new mutants to fight, and it's, it was a couple of episodes of her chucking stuff at them.
1: Yeah, that, that did seem. You know what? What a way to learn to fight by getting concrete flung at you, uh, reinforced concrete or yeah. knives getting flung in your general direction. You know, if I were the deals, fight, with don't things getting
0: will. thrown at me, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: my my mutability of breaking microphones is not helping here. <laughs> <It's>, uh, no. <laughs> I can change TV channels in other rooms. What do you want me to do with a knife? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I, I kind of get it. But it's it was it was good to see, but that seemed to get forgotten again. You know, the, the the fight training's happening. That seemed to be sort of one episode where they were focusing on, oh, it's inappropriate to train yeah, some of these people two, to fight. Yeah, you know, like. yeah about yeah. Like, two episodes of it, and then it's gone. It's like no one's getting fight training anymore.
0: Yeah. Her relationship with Marcos was interesting, at least to begin with. Uh, I liked the the dynamic they had. The episode where she was out of prison and they worked together to take down that drone was probably my favourite action sequence of the entire series. Because it was very much mm. here's the characters, here's what they're capable of, here's how well they work together. And it tells you a lot about them and you know it's and you don't see anything. You just see the drone the drone blow up kind of off screen in the background and it's like no, no, the important stuff's in here. The important stuff is what these people are doing. You don't need to see the, the fireworks of the, the drone blowing up. It was the yeah, she used her powers to levitate the mirror, and then he fired the light at the mirror and ricocheted off. And again, that was limitations. She was like, "I can't reach it with my powers from where it is." So that was
1: that was good stuff. No, I d- I did like seeing them working together, but you know, like we said earlier on about repetitive arguments and repetitive scenes, you kind of feel like your relationship hasn't moved anywhere because yeah. you're still having the exact same arguments and obviously that stepped up a notch with the final episode but you kind of feel did we need to see it repetitively at that point to try and hit it home at the end yeah or would we have if we'd only seen that argument happening once or twice would we then by the end of been going hang on i don't understand why she suddenly changed sides she hasn't been arguing about this every episode yeah uh, you know so i i i get it and it's uh brings conflict to either side you've then got the obvious thing of if they come up against each other, would he try and prevent her doing something? Would uh, he wimp out of doing anything to her? Because obviously she's carrying his child so he can't you know, how do you disable her without causing any harm? Yeah. Tough. So it's going to be, you, it's an obvious conflict to do if if they do a second uh, season of this. It's an obvious yeah. So a conflict to bring in an easy way for her to escape, almost. And for him to be blamed for her escape and whatever she does next.
0: Yeah, and the decision she makes to blow up the plane, like destroy the plane with her powers, I thought it was really good because you could see it going either way. And they'd spent enough time building up, like Esme sort of corrupting her, you know, with the, um, looking at the Hellfire Club in a different way. Uh, I found that quite interesting. And... Uh, so her coming around to that way of thinking and deciding that, you know what, humans suck. Why do we bother? And uh, I'm just going to do this. And then she turns up and tries to recruit some of the team, um, some of the underground, because that's what Magneto does. <laughs> you know, that's what his, Magneto's daughter yeah. will do as well. Um, and it was very much like that first class scene, the, end of, the scene at the end of first class, where it's like, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, let's make this decision. You have a choice. Come with me, stay with them. And you get the idea that don't get in our way, and we won't bother you anymore. But you still have that 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 relationship is still there. I mean, Marco's son is still our son. Marco's child is still being carried by her. You know, so you've still got something that will bring them together again in the next season. But they have vastly different ideologies now, and that's that's interesting. Hmm.
1: No, definitely. I'm, like you say, I'm, in, I'm uh, you know, a uh, podcast drinking game. I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that again.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that line. That line from Chris. Imagine. It's almost like he does the same thing on repeat. Every episode, it's like yeah. the same conversation comes out of him. I don't get <laughs> there,
0: there is no Chris. I just recorded some stuff from some guy one time. I just played them at random. And uh, no one's noticed. so well
1: He's <laughs> a
0: soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean,
1: I, yeah, I, there's there's so many different uh, things that they can do with it. It brings an in interesting conflict. I like the way that they sort of went. Okay, not only is there going to be rival agencies, there's going to be rival people out there. Humans against mutants. There's going to be these. Uh, purifiers, purists, whatever we're, we're calling yeah. them, I can't remember the proper one that we had settled on and there's going to be the sentinel services and now there's going to be two sets on the mutant side yeah. you know, as much as there were two sets there towards the end, they were still sort of working as one yeah. but now you're going to have sort of all four and are some of those going to make alliances with each other, or are some of those going to fight each other in more violent ways, it'll be interesting yeah. to see
0: Oh, definitely. Um, and I found the, the stuff kind of underneath that to be um, quite fascinating as well. You had um, Lauren saying to Andy, we're not little kids playing X-Men anymore. And you So you've got this whole thing about like, <laughs> in this whatever universe, whatever timeline this is set in, because who the hell knows at this point? The X-Men movie timeline is just all over the place. And uh, it's almost a joke at this point. And, but you can take that in this world... The X Men existed at one point and kind of still do, although they're 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 in hiding or possibly dead, who knows? But what you had was they were kind of hero- like heroically I don't know, they they were mm. heroically regarded at one point at least according to some characters. So what you had was, apparently, when Lauren and Andy were much younger, or not that much younger, they were playing, they were pretending to be X-Men in the backyard, kind of thing. So what you've got is you've got Mm. these figures who have achieved kind of a legendary status, and these legendary people can't live up they can't really live up to their ideals. What the, the underground are experiencing is what life must really be like to be the X-Men. You know, always looking over your shoulder, always in danger of being caught out, always in danger of this, that and the other. And the reality of it is much harder to uphold your ideals when you're actually having them directly challenged like that. It's all well and good to stand say you'll stand up and be like, no, I'm not accepting this. But everything, literally everything is acting against them at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting in a way because it's almost like um, Logan, where mm-hmm. the X-Men is a comic book. You know, they have a comic book that has stories about the X-Men. And you could almost imagine a similar type thing existing in uh, the universe, whatever universe the Gifted sits in. Yeah. You know, that's why they're playing X-Men, because it's a comic book. It's a It's a fun thing. It's a story. It's a set of heroes. Yeah. Um, that you want to play and it's fun where the, you know, and that's, that's why they'd be known. That's why they'd be regarded. But you, you get these hints throughout that, oh, the X-Men set us up and then you've got the Brotherhood set up the Hellfire Club to kind of put the two together and, and both organizations disappeared. You know, the Brotherhood vanished in their particular direction. Um, Professor X is having another one of his, I'm going to go into hiding faces, I presume. Okay. Um, but like you say, you don't you don't know what the setup is at this point. So yeah, they've got a lot of directions they can go. I think it would have been more interesting if it had been more specific. Perhaps it might have given people a little bit more interest to find yeah. out. I mean, at this point, I'm like, well, I, you know, I, if if at this point the X Men are out there. And they're just like, oh yeah, we set up this little underground thing, let's check in on it from time to time and see how it's doing. You would hope at some point they would go, oh, their headquarters got destroyed, oh sh- we should go in and help. <laughs> you know, if they appear if they appear in Season 3 and go, well, we watched what happened uh, in the events of Season 1, we watched what happened in the events of Season 2, and then we finally decided at this point, you know, whatever the hell you've now done, uh, yeah, we, we're going to give you a little hand here, <laughs> uh, be, it, be it a little bit of financial backing or some resources or someone comes to lend a hand, I don't know who, I don't, I don't think they'd ever get one of the full-blown, you know, the A-team of X-Men But, you know, someone comes Or they find someone Or they help someone out of a bind And that gives them the contact, perhaps That they haven't had up until that point
0: Well, there was a flashback where Lorna was recruited By that dragon lady Like that lady who Mm. turned into a dragon I can't remember her name, something Meredith or something like that Something Whedon. I forget the actual name of the character It'll be in the show notes, so if you're interested enough,
1: look there I couldn't tell if that was like an X-Men-like reference or if that was just, oh, this was one, one yeah. of the founding members of the, yeah. the, the Mutant Underground, yeah.
0: Well, it, it's both, isn't it? I mean, it's the idea that the X-Men have yes. decided we're going to need some people to continue the fight and keep us safe. We can't do it anymore for some reason. I don't know, Maybe because we're lazy. Wolverine's drunk. Cyclops is useless. Jean Grey is dead or alive or dead or alive or who knows? I don't know what she's doing. Beast is... He's upside down reading his book. He'll be a while, you know, there's things like that. Um, it's one of those, it's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in some ways. You know, it's like, we've got all this really expensive stuff just happening <laughs> over there. You know,
1: like, if so if you we just this. panned the camera slightly to the left, you would not <laughs> believe what you are seeing. Yeah. A lot of people sort of holding their uh, their hand up above their eyes, looking towards the sky and going, wow, look <laughs> at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> if see, you um, could just see. Yeah. yeah. See the helicarrier crashing, it's like, oh, wow, that looks really impressive and expensive. But we can't show it here. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> it is, um, I suppose it's it's difficult. Like, you can't expect X-Men characters to show up, and I don't think it actually needs that, because what would it really bring to the show? You know, would Xavier turn up? Would it be Patrick Stewart turning up saying, hello, guys? Nice job, you know. Like, what I mean, what would he actually bring (laughs) with his presence? Plus, you know, he's still ambiguously going to show up on Legion. (laughs)
1: So yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I'm not like I say, I'm not expecting an A-team Avenger to turn up. What I'm expecting is someone to be helped out. They find someone locked in a cell or almost getting held up by Sentinel Services, and they manage to help them out, and that establishes some form of contact.
0: Yeah. Well, but I mean, the the thing is, Polaris to aka Lorna, she's quite a big deal in the X Men comics. Um, you know, she was. I, th- I think she was on X Factor, the team. Um, I guess the um, the Fenris twins there—they're they're quite um quite prominent as well. So they, you know, they do have reasonably heavy hitters kicking about, but and I imagine they'll introduce more as time goes on, but it has to get to a point where you have to stop referencing stuff and show us stuff it's like, you know, can we just see Superman and Supergirl now? You talk about them every week you know, we can't like you can't yeah. just have them off screen all the time And so they either have to get to a point where they don't talk about the X-Men ever again or that they have to drop the ball on it a little bit, you know, show us something
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's like you can only hint for so long and you can only get away with that wow, if only you could see it for so long and then you've actually yeah. got to show stuff.
0: I mean it does work that they're a collection of ideals to be lived up to for the first season, I think, and in the same way that the, the Brotherhood are a collection of ideals to not live up to. And I guess the truth is somewhere in between. Because the the way that certainly the way that the underground have interpreted what the X Men want isn't stable because Nobody feels safe, nobody's or not everyone is on board with their way of thinking and they're just kind of lurking around in fear because they just don't know what's happening, don't know what's coming next and um I like the reaction they had to Caitlin's um when she was talking in the last episode and it's like, Well, actually since you two showed up, like we've lost our bases, we're now stuck in this random safe house Half the teams left. You know, it's all your fault, and it's hard to disagree with them. Really.
1: No, yeah, yeah, I, I I follow. Yeah, I follow that.
0: (laughs) It's there's a lot going on. That's the one of the problems it has. Where there's just let's chuck it all at the screen and see what happens, and then we'll maybe pick stuff later to focus on. But it just means that there's a lot of episodes where it just feels like just a smattering of stuff before it finishes.
1: Yeah, I mean like I said at the beginning, I i, I kind of feel it was it was one of these things where they're like, Oh well we're gonna try a bit of teen drama, we're gonna try a bit of family relationship dynamic, we're gonna try you know, the sort of heist of a heist of the week format, we're gonna try a bit of you know a bit of relationship drama in here, we're gonna put a bit of this, we're gonna put the the sort of authorities in it's it's come out as a bit of a mishmash and I don't know. I'd I'd find it hard to pick, to be honest, and I don't envy them trying to sort of go, Okay, well we're gonna drop this and carry on this and, and do that and it's almost like they're setting up by the end of this, they are setting up to go a slightly different direction with it.
0: Yeah.
1: You are splitting up, you know, some of those relationships that we've seen going in circles for the yeah. last few weeks of when, okay, well, we're going to rock that up because they're not going to be there to be a confident to that person anymore they're going to have to deal with it themselves they're going to have to put on the big boy pants on and make decisions rather than oh mum dad what should i be doing right now i don't like (laughs) what you've decided i should be doing but i'm going to do it anyway because that's what i've been told yeah Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of that that's going to be a change but then are you just going to find the same thing circling again in that new dynamic Every week it's going to be, we want you to use your powers to do something like that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you, know, and you get it in the same bit and a different bit. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Could be. Uh, actually, I was thinking like recently, one show I would quite like to see set in the X-Men universes, give us that high school drama. I mean, I, I, it sounds really weird that I'm saying I want to watch a high school drama, but like, I'd quite like to see a TV show from the perspective of the teenagers at like Xavier School, or if not Xavier School, just one of his offshoots. Like, it could be a school that he founded in another part of the country, or, or whatever. I mean, it's like I've never watched Riverdale, but like Riverdale with mutants, stuff like that, you know. Or, well, let's not yeah, say. I suppose. So, let's not yeah. say The OC with mutants, but you know that that kind of idea. <laughs> Dawson's Creek with mutants. Yeah. Let's go for that. Do you know what?
1: It's true. It would be a. It would be a different dynamic. And even if you did set it to an extent in Xavier's school or an offshoot somewhere or a different campus, I don't know if that. It just has to be a the, school. You know, it doesn't The comic, really. a school. Yeah, a school with mutants and, and do it that way, or a you know a group of teens around about the same time in the school, discover their mutants and try mm. and hide it, or do something. I don't know really, but yeah you could you could get something interesting out of that. It could also be an absolute disaster, but you know, yeah, well, but it the, seems the that they are going along concept. the line of creating more of these programs you know yeah. they they do seem to be going right, we're going to use more of this universe, whether that continues under the new tenure or not, i don't know um, but they do seem that. to be going. Yeah.
0: Um, I've heard that Runaways is essentially high school superpower stuff. At least at the beginning, though, although I haven't seen it yet. I've only Mm. seen one episode, and I quite liked it. But that's that's a Marvel show, and uh, I don't know what Marvel would do with um, with the X Men property once they once they have a proper hold of it. You know, once they decide what they're going to do with it, I think there's sort of infinite scope to do stuff. And I think the um, I, I suppose it depends on the whole how many superhero shows are people prepared to watch on television. Uh, I'm at critical mass
1: right now. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got to say, I, I've i got to be honest with this, and I suppose I should have led with this at the beginning when you are saying sort of spoiler-free thoughts. I watched the first, I think, about six, seven episodes or so, up to its little break. And then I stopped watching, because I was watching all the other stuff that was on telly at the same time, and it was a sort of Christmas and stuff, but I never felt a big drive to go back to this until we were coming very, very close to doing the podcast. And I can't quite put my finger on what made me decide out of the other sort of superhero shows that are on and all this, that this one would go back a few steps than the others and would only be watched occasionally if I sort of had time and would catch up on a couple of episodes at a time. I I felt with the first few episodes, there was almost a sense of urgency to watch to find out how they go. Are they protected? Are they going to be caught? Are they going to get... Is uh, the father going to get out of jail? Is this going to happen? Is that, you know? Are they going to get kept by the underground or are they going to get thrown out? There was a bit of like, I want to watch and see what happens next. Yeah, And then towards the middle, there was like, I don't feel any urgency in this. It seems like, well, we're actually now quite comfy. We're safe. We're sort of going out, doing odd missions, but then we're always back to sanctuary, mm-hmm. which is maybe why the beginning of the next season will be more interesting because they're not going to have all the protection that they had before. They're still going to have some of it, but not the full... Uh, barriers that they had in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The thing is, the fact that I was reviewing it meant that I kept up with it, but it was there there was just kind of a few weeks where I was like, yeah, this is okay. I mean, the thing is it never got to the point where I was actively not enjoying it. There was parts of episodes where I just could be arsed, you know, and this you know, I could skip this scene and it wouldn't I wouldn't miss anything. That kind of thing. But um, Or Mm. I'm not interested in these characters, so I don't really pay that much attention to them, but um yeah, it never it never dazzled me to the point where it was must see television. Unfortunately, and the thing is, like, there was a certain appeal to watching Inhumans because it was just so bad. And every week, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> what's, like, what are they going to screw up this week? Yeah, like, uh, what disgrace
1: is about yeah. to appear on screen? And it's uh, the same uh, with like,
0: yeah. and the same with the Flash. There's like a. There's a bit of, there's appeal to that where it's like, is it going to be a watchable episode or not? And, you know, or what stupid stuff are they getting up to this week? Because that's kind of what it's become. Then the other shows I actively actually enjoy and um, and get some, get a lot out of. But the, the thing is, wait, to be honest, if, and it's not because it's bad. If I wasn't reviewing The Gifted, I'd probably sacked it after about, probably before you did, to be honest. It mm. used been be one of those things where I'm not reviewing it. It's going to fall further and further by the wayside. It was just the fact that I decided to review it because I did want to hand it off to someone else, but no one wanted it. And then, <laughs> and
1: then a uh, ringing endorsement.
0: I know, I know. Uh, judging it before it's on, but you have to make a judgment call, I suppose. Yeah. So then, uh, so then I just decided I was just going to screw this. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, yeah, this will give me plenty to talk about. And then I think. As it went on, it just got progressively more mediocre.
1: I think uh, recording this gave me a deadline to watch it, and I do think yeah. I would have finished it eventually. But it would have been one of those that, when other programmes go on a break, or once I finish uh, sort of binge watching something else in the background, I would go, "Oh, I'll watch a few episodes," and I would eventually have finished it. Yeah. Just to see conclusion. But as much as I've said, I'm interested to see where some of these plot points go and you know tv programs are always great at leaving you a season finale that leaves you guessing yeah. you know not so much whether characters are alive or dead at this point but kind of guessing well what happens what what's the solution here yeah i i, I don't know if i'd instantly go back and start watching if they went okay episode you know season 2 episode 1's going to be airing in 2 weeks time or whatever they announce yeah i i don't think i would go rushing to go oh my god i've got to see how this finishes up
0: well am i going to reduce season 2 Possibly, it depends what's going on at the time. You know, mm. um, it depends on yeah, the space like of my schedule ever-winding thing. schedule. For um, <laughs> You've got a time machine. We all know it. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, three hours sleep. If I didn't have to sleep, I would get three hours back. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's. It. Yes, I'm. I'm running on fumes, everyone. I'm looking forward to the summer high and TV shows are only just back.
1: (laughs) Uh, You you have fumes. I remember when I had fumes. (laughs) 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 I remember those days fondly. Um, Another bit that I wanted to raise, and I didn't know... It's interesting because you'll either edit this out because it makes no sense and you didn't hear the same thing as me or uh, you'll have heard the same thing as me or you just won't have noticed. But... In TV shows and things, what they do is they record additional dialogue. So yeah. if if there's been noise yeah. in the background, they'll 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 re-record maybe lines or, you know, the sound wasn't picked up in the room properly, they're recording a big echoey set, so they record it closer. Is it me? Or were there some lines that were very, very, very obviously recorded later?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, 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 I didn't, didn't know, know if it was point. the
1: speakers... I didn't know if it was the speakers on the, the sort of computer or the, the telly that I was listening it to where I would... I would suddenly sort of look up and go, did that sound right? What was that? Did I just adjust the volume or something there? It was, yeah, there was some bad was dubbing. Strange. I was struggling to think yes. of
0: specific examples, but there was.
1: There, there was a few... But it would always happen in like the middle of a line, they would cut the camera and it would be a camera to the left or something, yeah. and then suddenly the audio would all be out of whack, or a line the tone of the line was completely different as well, and I don't know whether that was last minute, them going, oh no, we've got to change what the character says at this point so not even like we're trying to compensate for a bad recording on the day, but almost that they've got people in at the end and going, no, listen, we want to change the way the character reacted to that so we're going to use an over-the-shoulder shot and them going, oh what? No way! in there, rather than, you know having it the other way.
0: It's like Calculon I was supposed to say no, I was supposed (laughs) to say yes but I (laughs) ad-libbed (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's one. Calculon. Calculon for
0: season
1: 2. That's That's what we need. Calculon <laughs> if, if we want calculon. Yeah. Yes. Bring it back. yeah, well. um, but yeah, there was, side, yeah. I, I mean I'm I'm throwing I'm throwing it in there as I'm, I'm I'm not sure it fits in this particular piece of the podcast, but it was one of those bits that I had on my notebook because it, just watching a few episodes back to back to get ready for the stuff so like That sounds really obviously dubbed And it's not something that you notice often in TV programs You know they do it Everyone does it It's not something that's unique to this program It's just, I was like, oh, this is kind of obvious And I suppose I've got to give them a bit of credit For the special effects and things that they've used Mm -hmm. in this as well They've managed to do, on a TV budget Something quite interesting with each of the powers They gave everyone a sort of nice little Graphic-y twist To using their abilities And... I think for the budget that they probably had doing it, they've managed to achieve quite a lot for that, and that's to their credit.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, they did a good job with the powers, and they used them sparingly enough, but but not too sparingly. It wasn't like in Humans where no one ever used powers. Mm. You know, it was there was a liberal use of them. You know, they they had to deploy them strategically because they cost money. Fair enough. But they, they did a good job, and there was um, yeah the, the the whole mutant as mutant power aspect, it and it, it feeds off the characters and it informs the characters and deepens them when they use them differently and things like that, so it's all good. There was a couple of kind of weird things that, that I noticed. There was um it's in the second last episode, you know when they're all getting dolled up to, wearing the to look like security people. It's just basically mm. an excuse for kind of gratuitous shirtless scenes. Uh, <laughs> you know it's, You know, it's the bit, it's the bit where um yeah, it's a bit where you have to you have to see Clarice button an upper top because we need ratings, you know things like that. It's it's kind of it feels a bit icky and embarrassingly um, manipulative, but you know whatever uh, these things happen in all shows, I suppose. I mean, how many how many episodes of Arrow did you have to watch? Oliver Queen on that salmon ladder with no shirt on, just like, <laughs> just like gotta get those teenage girls in, you know? like, <laughs> and that that's rapidly generalizing teenage boys as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure all of the queen's physique appeals to it all, but the, you have these kind of manipulative moments. You know, it's just part and parcel of it all. But whenever it does happen, and I feel like there's no real story reason for it, I'm like, eh, they're they're getting dressed. We don't need to see them getting dressed. They could have been you could be having this conversation once they're dressed, that kind of thing. But um, it was in that scene where they were saying, "One look at your eyes and my hair," and Lorna was referring to her green hair. It's like. Who would look at someone with green hair and think mutant? <laughs> <laughs> Let's crucify this mutant with green hair. It's like we live in—you know—we live in Edinburgh. You walk down Edinburgh, Edinburgh Street, what Princess Street in Edinburgh on any given day, you'll see people with green hair. It's how people yeah. express themselves, and I don't know. Maybe Clarice is one of these weirdos. They're not weirdos, but one of these people that like to wear different colored contact lenses.
1: I don't know I mean it's, it's one of those things that because it was like a I can't remember what it was called it wasn't Humans First but something along those lines uh, the rally event that they yeah, were yeah. going to I don't know whether it's like oh well these aren't the type of people that would have security and bodyguards with green hair yeah, you know well, it'll make wig, people like. stand out a bit yeah but <laughs> yeah, that was my thing it was like yeah. put on a wig dye your hair it's solved instantly it's not well, that's not hair a big problem in
0: the first episode didn't she and then
1: um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, she washed it out at some point. But the thing
0: is, like it's not I mean, I get in there prison. I get when Polaris was introduced in the comics, it was like green hair is an example of something weird. You know, but even then it was like the 70s or something. It's like the punk era, you know, like people have green hair everywhere. But uh but whatever, it was considered one of those weird things she has naturally green hair. Um it's just part yeah, of Yeah, but motivation. I think
1: it was in prison that she washed it out, wasn't it? Yeah. It was uh, during the yeah, scene in right. prison.
0: Yeah, because at that point I was like uh, they've kind of half-assed Lorna. She's got kind of greenish hair, but not really. It was like, you know, it was like green streaks through her hair because you could see it through the dye, and then it all washed out. And I was like, now I'm happy. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fine. Comic accurate green hair for the win. But it's, yeah, you can solve it with a wig and a pair of shades. You know, if you really want to blend in. But, but um, it's just a small thing, and it was it just bugged the hell out of me, though. It really did. I don't know why it just did um unless you have anything further uh I don't really have anything else as a kind of general summary point. I mean we could talk all night about individual episodes or whatever else, but I'm not sure I could remember half of them um, <laughs> but i'm pretty I'm pretty okay with how the coverage has gone. I think uh, we've covered to a certain extent oh one part I forgot Reed's family stuff was like a bit weird. Uh, The whole you're a mutant, but we experimented on you, and now you don't have any powers. It's like, why do we need to know this? What's going on here?
1: (laughs) Well, it's see that's one of those things where it's like, well, this is obvious setup for later on. Yeah, you know, this is obvious setup for well, we've developed a mutant cure because we now need the anti-mutant stun guns and whatever that we can we can deploy. You know, (laughs) we've already got the the sort of uh, necklaces, you know, that, that can take take your powers away temporary, but you know, this is a permanent solution. Yeah. And that research is the key and it, it's a reason for the family and everything to still be tied into the storyline for later on. It's 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 setting up for a later thing, I think. You know, in the same way that they did the you know, we've we've analyzed how you combine your powers and we've created a very large, clunky device that allows us to do it yeah. that no one breaks apart in order to prevent their powers. We're just going to leave that <laughs> hanging, yeah. yeah. We'll just leave that there. Why, do, why don't we destroy that thing that's uh, enhancing their powers? No, no, we'll let them keep it. Are you sure? We could just, like, destroy it. Nope, no. Nope. Let's not focus our attention on it whatsoever. Let's not shoot those cables that are on the edge of it. Nope, 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 nope. Just leave it there. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the thing is, it was all well-acted and stuff, but I found that diversion a bit strange. But it was... It was, yeah, hmm. it was...
1: I... I I understand why they done it in a way and it was an interesting line to go on, but like you say, it was kinda it's not been forgotten about instantly, but the impact on Reed himself didn't seem that big of uh him being a mutant. Yeah. You know, I would have been a mutant if it hadn't been for this it didn't seem to impact him on that level, it seemed more about the fact that he had lost his dad. Though I did notice in one of the scenes in the later episodes he refers to himself as a mutant.
0: Yes. I suppose he's a mutant but has no like, wait, oh,
1: He's like, okay, um, you are, but he's you like Maximus. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's, let's go along that line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, But yeah, it's like I'm a mutant, and my family are mutants, and and you're like, well, you're not really, but you know, fair enough.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's all good. So we can put money
1: uh, on his powers possibly surfacing at some point.
0: Yeah, or you'll find some way to activate them artificially, or yeah. So yeah, um, is there anything else that you want to cover? Uh, Do you have any sort of final thoughts, wrap-up thoughts?
1: No, I think, I think I've think i pretty much covered it incoherently throughout um, I'm <laughs> I, There's interesting things that they've set up here, there's other bits that I'm not particularly interested in It seems to have trod over some ground that Heroes covered and covered quite well in its initial seasons Yeah So I'll be interested to see if they go a slightly different direction with it when it resumes if it re- resumes um, but overall like I said at the beginning one of these difficult ones where I didn't hate this I didn't love it massively I wasn't you know sort of sitting waiting every week for the next episode but it was alright it was it was okay it's, it's one of those difficult ones to review really
0: speaking of someone who had to review it every week yes it was very difficult <laughs> to review
1: <laughs> That's why I don't do any of the written reviews I just come here and yeah. talk nonsense Just do the easy stuff
0: yeah.
1: I say come here and uh, record this What I mean is record liners uh, okay. In a room and then email them to Craig For him to play out and he chats yeah. to himself
0: And then I press a button It's all good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interestingly, Marvel have just revealed the a new X-Men team that has uh, Lorna on it, or Polaris
1: So there you oh. go Yeah Yeah uh, Course she is. Are you rapid? Are you rapidly googling uh, season two uh, on the cards or release dates?
0: No, no I came up on my Twitter feed. So that's ah. it. Uh, there we go. Something to think about in comics that I wouldn't read. So there we go. So on that note, I think uh, it's possibly time to end uh, season one of The Gifted. It was all right. That's that's my kind of scenario. Um, uh, LH, your sort of half-baked offline description yesterday, it's magnolia. <laughs> <You> know, it's
1: <laughs> there was a very, very long offline discussion yesterday about a magnolia wall and describing <laughs> a magnolia wall. And I, I suppose it doesn't really do the programme that much justice, to describe it. It's a wall that's been painted well. It's not been painted badly, but it's not amazing. It's not sort of Sistine Chapel wall painting good but it's alright it's there, it's a wall it is painted
0: yeah. Yeah. there you go, the, the gifting is <laughs> the televisual equivalent of Magnolia paint, that is the thought we we'll <laughs> be <on>. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris thank you for coming on and talking superheroes once again, we will most likely be back to talk what will be up next, Discovery?
1: Uh, Discovery no. Discovery possibly, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what what we've got coming up. Who knows in the no future? Idea. Yeah. Stay tuned to this feed for more.
0: <laughs> uh, we will have another podcast. Um, in the meantime, you can satisfy yourself by listening to our Black Lightning first episode podcast that lasts over twice as long as the episode itself. <laughs> 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 Oh uh, yeah, okay. It's not even a commentary track, it lasts longer than that.
1: So- yeah. You've got you've got to start the program all over again in order for the commentary track to fit. You have to so- watch
0: it twice while we're talking over it, and you're still not done. There's still more <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh So again, once again, thank you for joining and um That's me, yeah. Um your mutant power of um, turning something off.
1: Break, breaking breaking, microphones at breaking uh, microphones. five paces.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to hope mine doesn't cause me to erase this podcast from existence. Maybe <laughs> listeners would enjoy that. Yeah. So, thanks again, Chris, for the third
1: time. Thank, thank you very much again, Craig. I think your mutant ability is uh, wrapping up podcasts.
0: That was our discussion on season one of The Gifted. Thanks to YouTuber n 1117 for the supply music. If you like what you heard here, then please do subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And join us on the next Neil Before Pod.